Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, Head of Marketing of Finos, and this is the Open Source and Finance Podcast. And on this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Jane Gravonsky and Rob Moffat, both of Finos. We talk about OSFF London, uh, things that we saw, the keynotes, and also uh, key takeaways from the conference as well. So sit back, relax, and cue the music. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Grizz Griswold, Head of Marketing for Finos. Hope you're doing well. Today, we're going to do a little retrospective of OSFF, Open Source and Finance Forum, London. Um, and today with me, we have our CTO from Finos, Jane Gavonsky. Say hi, Jane. Hello, everybody. And then we also have our, oh, I'm going to mess it up again, Senior Architect... <laughs> What's your role? Rob Moffat, what is your job and what do you do? Hi, Grace. I'm the technical <laughs> architect of Finos. I've only been here for like four months now. It's good of you to have figured this out. Well, I remember last time you were here, I did promote you to chief technical architect. So uh, I almost did it again. I was like, no, wait, that was what I was... Anyway. <laughs> um, hi, Rob. Good to, good to hear from you and see you again. Um, and a Likewise. couple of weeks ago, we were... Um, we were all in London together with the um, with the larger Finos team as well. And like I said, what we want to do today is just kind of um, go through and talk about um, some of the things we saw, some of the keynotes, uh, some of the other talks as well, some of the announcements, and uh, just a tiny retrospective. And then and then really talk about um, you know some of the interactions uh, that happened throughout the day, um, plus uh, some key takeaways. So. Uh, if you folks are game for that, then uh, uh, let's take it away. Um, and, and we'll probably start with, uh, and I'll, I'll put put some of these things in the show notes. That, um, uh, also, uh, producing today is Wynn Morgan, uh, part of the marketing staff. And uh, Wynn, uh, uh, I'll ask him to put um, a bunch of the links that we are talking about here today in the show notes so that way um, you have ample opportunity to um, to see what we're seeing. So um, so the day started out in London um, with a keynote from uh, Gab Colombro, our executive director, uh, Kim Prado, who's our vice chair um, from BMO and uh, Bank of Montreal, Hillary Carter, who's vice president at the Linux Foundation um, uh, Research. And then we had Chris West from Cosaic, who's a lead maintainer on FTC3, and our own Rob Moffat, who um, is awarded his uh, uh, Linux Foundation keynote badge, um, uh, keynote speaker badge today. So I thought that was pretty awesome. So Rob, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, sure. So uh yeah it was uh it was quite a nice little keynote i think um i so uh, yeah there was a lot there was a lot of announcements about the state of finos the sort of things that were going on in terms of finos and uh gab did a little retrospective on where finos had been and where finos had come to and we got to see some pictures of the first osff in in london and the uh i think you just got, got the back room of a pub or something and uh got some people in it but uh it was great being on stage there were i mean 
there was like about 300 people in the room, I think I counted when I was up on stage. So um, I, yeah, so, so that was nice. It was a nice little introduction. And uh, I think the main thing I was on stage with Gab about was uh, FDC3. So kind of this behind the scenes over the last at least three or four months, we've been busily beavering away the FTC3 community, trying to put together the version 2.0 of the standard. And that's now reached um, uh, the pre-draft stage. So it was nice to announce that on stage uh, with Chris, uh, Chris West from Cosaic. Um, he's He's been working tirelessly on this. So um, it, it's good to sort of close that chapter. And... Um, yeah, we, we also talked about the FTC3 conformance program, uh, which is uh, where we're trying to, this is we as Finos, trying to certify the different desktop agents to make sure that they actually uh, adhere to the FTC3 spec in the ways that we expect them to. So, so yes, that was work that's ongoing. We showed the, the new FTC3 badges. And, um, yes, yeah, I think... Uh, pretty nice little keynote there from from gab it's good good to hear yeah um uh, something that that i always key into when we do osff and and even other things is uh you know for for the past five years i've actually been able to watch the state of open source and financial services um from his uh keynote speeches grow <laughs> and um so it, it, it would actually be interesting to kind of again do a retrospective of how that that um presentation has changed over the past five years um when can you get on that for me um okay so <laughs> let's also talk about um you know uh kim prado um uh, kim who uh uh was at rbc and now is at um bank of montreal and and she actually went into kind of the specs about the community which i, I thought that were pretty interesting um and then hillary uh carter um vp of research again at, at the linux foundation was talking about the announcement of the state of open source and financial services survey um we had the report that came out last year but the survey just came out um you know, Jane, do you want to add to to either of those two or three talks? So what I there are several things that I noted, particularly around the keynote. And, and obviously, the one thing um, is the continuous progress and what Kim had talked about. Um, uh, but it's, it's not just about the, the community growth. It's about sort of the open source um, as a concept becoming more of a essentially household name within financial services and i think that's yeah that's uh very notable and i expect will come out um in the survey results as well so even from the last year's survey we saw a lot of um acceptance acceptance of the fact that yes we know about open source we know what it can do for us and now we want to leverage it more and more to deliver business value and to deliver innovation so um, it will be interesting to see how much of that has taken root or increased in the last year. So I'm, I'm very keen to see the survey results. And I think as Gab pointed out during his speech, also the fact that the recognition that um, open source program offices are becoming more common within financial services organizations is also quite interesting. So. That means that 
uh, in trying to address to address the use of open source and the appropriate use of open source and efficient and effective use of it within large organizations. Organizations are recognizing that open source program offices are something that will deliver that value. Yeah, and, and this has been actually last week, not in, in during OSFF, but last week someone asked me, what is one of the key um, influences or key marks that Finos has had uh, within the industry? And the first thing to, to me that jumps to mind is this education of financial services industry around open source adoption. So the open source readiness program that we have running and has been running for quite some time that facilitates and, and educates uh, the community on how best to incorporate open source within your ecosystem is definitely, in my mind, one of the key uh, cornerstones of what Finos has contributed to the market to date. And as somebody who's been here, not since the very beginning, but uh, but working on this conference since the very beginning in 2017, what I can tell you in 2017 and 2018, to your point, Jane, is um, the majority of talks that we had those first two years were almost, you know, all around compliance. And um, and it seemed to me, it almost seemed like a lawyer convention. Uh, <laughs> and and, and it, but but it was really like, you know, how how do banks even think about doing this in the first place? And, and that is, um, you know, that's why I continue to look at the the open source readiness uh, program SIG uh, if it, as it continues to morph as as incredibly important because it, it is something that that should be you know, a guidepost um, for for our for our sell side banks, but also, you know, the, the rest of the ecosystem that that works around those sell side banks as well. Um, and, and, you know, I think too, both of you, you know, come from the, you know, from sell side banks, right? Um, uh, in, in different capacities, uh, you know, maybe this is a little bit off topic, but, um, you know, how have you seen this outside of Finos, um, or maybe coming into Finos from from the banks themselves, you know, have you seen a difference in in what you knew when you were inside the banks versus what you're seeing now as far as open source and also the opening of technology? Um, well, for me, definitely, I, I think that um, there's in banks, there's still quite a long road to go in, in uh, adopting open source such that it can uh, it can fuel both innovation and efficiency and uh, uh, you know co collaborative um, development. Uh, so but but what's interesting to see and I think is very energizing for people, especially at the conference is when you have representatives from different financial institutions coming and, sharing ideas uh, in a non-competitive, non-secret revealing way with each other, but finding a lot in common um, and, and creating energy from, from those conversations, getting energized and going back to their respective institutions and being more excited about working together and seeing that it's quite possible and quite valuable to do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, wow. I think... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I was going to jump in on that and say, yes, this is this is super interesting, isn't it? Going back to the uh, the uh, Linux Foundation 
um, state of open source and finance survey in the 2021 version only one third of banks had an ospo in the according to the results i'm i'm expecting that when we get the results this year it's going to massively increased and i think that was that was really clear at the osff because there was just well we we chaired a, a round table and invited lots of ospos from different banks uh it, and we had a we had a really good selection of, of banks present uh, and other financial institutions it was you know it was really nice to hear them all talking to each other and sharing their their war stories really about how their different ospos ran how they'd set them up, what what they what was in and what was out in terms of their responsibilities, and I don't think you could have done that uh, a couple of years ago. I don't think there would have been enough people to provide enough opinions. I think everyone was at a different place in the journey back then, and so it will, as um, later in the year we'll obviously be socialising some of the findings from from that roundtable, and we'll be organising further ones uh, virtually and at the New York OSFF. But um, I think having that forum where you know people could come together and discuss the best way to run an OSPO that was a that was a really nice thing that happened at, at OSFF, and I was really happy to be part of that. That's pretty cool. Um, and and then I know part of the um, the roundtable you had um, uh, Anna Jimenez Santa Maria from the To Do Group was there as well, I believe, right? Um, and, uh, she had a talk about OSPOs and finance ways to overcome industry barriers to accelerate open source adoption. Um, and I did a pod, a mini or a, a primer podcast with her before the event. Um, and we talked a little bit about what she was going to talk about. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, some of that came out in, in your round table, but what I'm, what I'm also interested to see is I'm going to interview Anna again and get more into OSPOs in finance um, and more about her talk, but also OSPOs in finance in general um, and see, you know, out of that roundtable discussion, what is, you know, has there anything that's changed, you know, what what she thinks about OSPOs in finance as well. So um, uh, some more to come in that space, I guess. Um, so let's... Um, Let's keep going on. Uh, uh, Jim Zemlin, who's the executive director of the Linux Foundation. Um, uh, I've seen Jim talk a bunch of times, and uh, uh, but this was the first time I got to see him talk as uh, my boss. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Jim came and talked, and, and I believe that he talked a little bit about um, uh, the fact that we, uh, the Linux Foundation, um, has started the Linux Foundation Europe, or or have a focus in Europe now. Um, and uh, but then also Jim was talking about some of the work that uh, they've been doing on security uh, in open source projects, especially after um, uh, now, now, now tell me too. Um, he says he kept saying log forge. And I was like, oh, is that really the way you say it? It makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, but um, or is it log four J? Uh, but the Log4j, the Log4j um, uh, issues that came up at, um, in November, December, and January of, of uh, last year and this year, and how it's led to um, you know work in the states uh, uh, from the White House, um, you know, really putting it to the open source community to come up with solutions uh, to make open source more secure, and so. Uh, uh, 
there is uh, a bunch of plans within Linux Foundation and then uh, the Open Source Security Foundation, which is part of the Linux Foundation as well. Um, and I know that he had some trouble with slides. Probably shouldn't say that, but <laughs> uh, uh, technical issues. Um, but, uh, you know, was there anything that you took out of uh, from Jim's talk? To me, the most interesting, I really like the fact that OpenSSF is really going through um, their approach very much data driven. And the, the statistics that Jim highlighted, which I think everybody should look at, are quite eye-opening to me. And, and I think it's really great when we do things data-driven, really make decisions on what to prioritize. And one of the things that he highlighted, which is which was eye-opening for me, not super surprising, but I hope people take a look at, is, for example, that there are currently zero universities that teach op uh, code co coding security pra best practices. Right. Um, and I, I think, you know, highlighting that um, well, is really, really important because how can people be expected to know how to do things right now? We yeah. leave it to their own devices. I, I, I think that there are those coding classes, it, but however, there's no degree program that requires them for graduation um, is, is what I got out of it. And um, my my son is actually at a cybersecurity camp at a university this week and and that is something that i've said to him and when we visited colleges too you know i i have asked you know the professors and the head of their programs um hey what about this and they're like you know they're a little quiet um, so um so it you're right it, that is something that um that is that you know i mean on the surface of it makes a lot of sense right um but it's not it's obviously something that's not done um, by any American universities. Um, Rob, did you have any? Yeah, I think, I mean, Jim, what Jim points at is really a, a hardening of the whole open source ecosystem, isn't it? And I think, you know, this is something Colin Eberhardt talked about in his talk as well, which, you know, he was saying that if you, you know, MP, uh, yeah, NPM doesn't have uh, two factor authentication. So if you manage to brute force or, get hold of someone's password on npm you can start publishing packages on there and disrupt the whole npm ecosystem the whole javascript world um and I, I yeah i think what this all points to is is that you know open source has become ever more critical as a part of our you know just general infrastructure uh and as that criticality increases and also we realize the importance of it we we need to start doing things like open ssf and uh, putting in these these uh, processes to to protect ourselves you know that these these issues are not going away with there's you know state you know state actors playing in the space of cyber attacks and stuff now and uh, these are these vulnerabilities are you know a key way for them to to disrupt our infrastructure right. so it's really good that we were focusing on it, focusing on it at OSFF. I think. Very cool. Um, the next keynote was uh, open source and finance and open source view, and it's from Declan O'Gorman, who's the head of enterprise engineering at NatWest. Um, NatWest is a, a newer uh, member of Finos, and and I, I, you know, the, one of the reasons we asked them to speak 
was because they have kind of an interesting contribution story um, uh, and, and, and membership story is they were a contributor first, you know, uh, from what I understand. And they got involved with projects, uh, open source projects within Finos. Um, and they found so much value out of it that then they became a member of Finos. Um, not to push the the notion of membership here, um, but uh, but you know, as a as a sell side bank, that I I believe that really they saw you know the value through action uh, first, and then were able to you know actually assign dollars to it as well. Um, I think that you should check out uh, Declan's uh, talk because uh, it's pretty interesting. Because um, again, he talked about open ecosystems and and. Um, and basically their view on open banking and open finance. Um, so, and, and really having an open source mindset, uh, you know, as, as a sell side bank. So, um, uh, so let's go to, uh, I, I think Jane, you might know a little bit about this one. Um, there is a regulation innovation panel. Um, it was moderated by uh, Jane Gravansky, who is the CTO of Finos, but also uh, Jennifer Lasseter, um, who runs the Digital Dollar Project, Anna Wallace, um, who's with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and Francesca Hopwood Road, who's um, uh, I'm going to have to... She's with the Bank in. of International Settlement, yeah. BIS. Thank you, with BIS. Um, so, um, but that was both Francesca and Anna uh, were with the FCA before that, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so this was, I mean... This is actually the second time I'm, I'm hosting uh, a discussion um, on regulatory innovation at OS, now OSFF, but previously OSSF. And this time we were very lucky to have such a, such a distinguished panel of uh, perspectives. And while uh, both Anna and Francesca were at the FCA, they are now in very different positions. So it was, interesting to see and he, to hear the perspectives of um, uh, on regulatory innovation and on different uh, the effects on different markets um, uh, of how innovation can can bring regulatory compliance and and ultimately benefits uh, to the um, financial ecosystem so I it's fascinating to me to hear to hear these approaches. I think these women are um, really knowledgeable in their space, have a lot of ex experience, and and offered some really interesting perspectives. So I definitely suggest recommend people listen in on that. Um, and the fact that Anna comes from the Gates Foundation, where they're much more focused on the fairness to the consumer perspective, and and Francesca is uh, more influencing um, kind of the, the, the financial system from a regulatory, from a collective regulatory perspective, um, I think is very, um, they, they offer very interesting and um, diverse views. So I, it's not only was this discussion stimulating, but what the, um, the breakout session we had afterwards, we had a, a, a bit of a roundtable uh, together, uh, not a roundtable, but a panel discussion together with uh, Leo LaBase from Regnosis. And we talked about people's experiences of what works and what what's hard, what's slightly easier, what are the next, uh, what are the next things to look forward to? I, 
the regulatory um, compliance and innovation within the regulatory space is quite a, um, an important topic within financial services because there are lots of regulations which people need to comply with. It can be costly. It could also be very confusing. And oftentimes, uh, to my point earlier about benefits to the consumer, it's not really clear whether the regulation benefits uh, the ecosystem or limits it in some way. And obviously, um, everybody wants the benefit side and not the limiting side. So thinking about how open source and how open collaboration can uh, influence this, um, this area of financial services in a positive way is, is quite exciting. This is something that I'm actually myself spending a lot of time on right now to try to bring all these players together and use open collaboration as a, as a, as a good place to do that, um, which will eventually, I hope and believe, will lead to the development of, uh, and use of open source technologies to facilitate uh, regulatory compliance and improve um, uh, you know, availability of financial products to the consumer within the marketplace. So that's really what we're shooting for. And it, it was really refreshing to, to have these women, um, along with Jennifer Lasseter, who represents the Digital Dollar Project, with whom we have another um, collaboration going together with the Hyperledger, Hyperledger Foundation right. to promote open conversations around the creation of uh, digital currencies within the marketplace. So um, it's always very energizing to me. And these are fun conversations, but what's even more fun are the follow-up opportunities that we have as a result of this. So I would encourage people to listen in on those sessions and also join our Reg Innovation SIG, which happens monthly where a lot of these conversations will continue. Very cool. And we'll definitely have the links for all those um, in the show notes as well. Um, all right. So uh, the last keynote of the day, um, and, and then I'll ask you about um, uh, kind of your takeaways, but the last keynote of the day was uh, Kiza Shreen, um, and it was around open source technology as a starting point to greater access and inclusion. And I know, Jane, um, uh, you had a lot of interest in uh, her talk you're telling me about it and um uh but it, i believe that let me let me describe the talk we'll discuss uh, how corporates are embracing changes such as participating in open source building dei programs and acting socially responsible by enhancing participation in esg um and and as i said with kiza uh she does the dei the esg and all all of the acronyms <laughs> Um, but, um, but, but tell me, you know, maybe, uh, some of your takeaways from, from Kiza's talk. So to me, first of all, uh, I love a talk where, um, people bring in sort of stories and analogies, which are very accessible. And, and that happened, uh, actually I quoted very recently in a, just a private conversation, uh, an analogy that was brought in, uh, from last year's London OSSF by someone about nuts and bolts. And I thought that was kind of very, uh, it's a very accessible analogy that helps you to understand things um, uh, very easily. And I thought Kisa did, did the same thing. She, she had um, very interesting sort of 
almost colloquial analogies. And I, I find those always fun. And she's a, she's a very dynamic, very energetic speaker. So she's very, very easy to follow, uh, you know, in a, in an industry where technology can get a little dry. It's always nice to have um, someone. Yeah. A little dry. (laughs) (laughs) It's always nice to have, you know, energy on stage and she's definitely full of energy. So I really enjoyed that. And um, of course her call to action and her call for inclusion and, and consideration, you know, is always, is always very welcome. It's something we, we try to think about all the time. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, as I said earlier, um, the, the, the drive of, of openness is for inclusion and greater access, ultimately creating more products. And this is something I think that's key to our, to our goals is ultimately creating better and more accessible products and creating a more open financial ecosystem. So, um, yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed her talk. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got to talk to her about a month before in New York, uh, we met up and we we're kind of talking through what her talk was going to be about and everything. And, um, I've known Kiza for a little while. Um, and so it, yeah, uh, the, the energy she brings to the stage, she also brings to a face to face conversation as well. Um, uh, so it, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, uh, that her message, uh, got out and uh, and talking with other people around uh, the conference as well. It it was well received, um, so so that was cool. Um, so uh, obviously we had a whole bunch of other breakout sessions and we probably won't get them today, but uh, but we are going to put uh, links to all of the sessions. There's video for all of them uh, when we have the PDFs for their presentations uh we put them out there as well and we are following up with many of these um speakers to talk with them um a little bit about their presentations but more about um uh, different things in open source that that they have seen um you know in, in the you know in the different areas that they play in every single day um but i wanted to kind of get back to you know you and rob as as far as um uh Maybe not the talks, but but kind of the the interactions, whether it was um, uh, interactions they had in what we conference people call the hallway track, uh, <laughs> which is which is usually the most interesting track, actually, um, at any conference, which is where, you know, you really start to find out more about people, what they're doing. Um, and sometimes that's with other speakers. Sometimes that's with, um, you know, attendees that are are. Uh, purely attendees that are really interested in what's going on. Um, but then, you know, you mentioned the the OSPO roundtable. Um, I believe that there was kind of a um, an interoperability. I don't know if I'd call it a roundtable, but um, a discussion as well. Um, but can you talk about maybe some of the interactions and then your, you know, maybe your biggest takeaways from from the event in general? So let me start and, and, um, and try to go quickly here. So yes, the interoperability roundtable was a little bit more of a square table, but got a lot, a lot of attendance. And that is something we specifically focused on to make sure that on the heels of um, all the releases around FTC3, the new, the new version of FTC3 and moving forward that we are uh, identifying and stimulating the conversation around real business use cases where where um, where interoperability can bring value. A 
across the both the buy side and sell side interactions, whether it's within uh, one institution or across institutions. So I think those conversations will continue. Um, and it's really important for us to, to not only create the standards, but also to see them in action. And we're really looking forward to having more of those kinds of conversations and demonstrations, hopefully, at the December OSFF to, to show how and where um, the projects that we have are being deployed and used in production and which business activities or business problems they're solving, which business activities they're being implemented for. So that, that was super cool. And on the back of that, I'd say that it's, this is really where the conference takes flight. I feel the conversations take flight where people are talking about real implementations, real use cases. And there's a lot of very specific technical discussions that are happening. As I said earlier, people are meeting each other from different banks and having conversations about, okay, where should we collaborate? And um, one last thing is there's, speaking of diversity, what struck me was compared to that room photo that Gab showed from five years ago, yeah. um, there was all sorts of diversity in the conference, which was fantastic. First of all, it was a lot more colorful, just, just that. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, there was um, kind of diversity in roles, like the different roles that people do. We, we have people who have helped us with um, even kind of the education angle of things. Um, there are technical and, and non-technical people who are coming to the conference. There was um, diversity of companies represented. It's not just about banks anymore. It's all sorts of companies, including academics, which who are just dipping their toes in this water and are getting very excited. We had really good feedback from, from uh, some people from academia and so on. So um, that's super cool for me. Rob? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, right? I, I, <laughs> I was kind of worried going into the whole OSFF that I probably wouldn't have that much to do. But when it came down to it, I was just running around like a like an idiot all day long. So nice. I, you know, I was I, I don't know why that was, but um, I didn't get to talk to quite as many people as I wanted to. There were there were quite a few people I wanted to chat to and I just didn't get the chance. But um, I guess from my limited sampling, I was I was really pleased, um, you know, to see so many people there from the FTC3 community. We had like, um, you know, Symphony, Scott Logic, Cosaic, Glue42, Regnosis, Adaptive. And we all, we're at Norman and Sons, we, we all managed to get into meetings and talk to each other about what's happening in the FTC3 world. So that was a great takeaway for me was to, to move those relationships forward and, and 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 you know meet some of the people that i'd seen on zoom calls but not actually had a chance to meet in real life so that was great and um you know uh, yes i think that's kind of the the extent of the the hallway track for me i oh yeah i bumped into the the guys on the next table to us with the hazelcast people that was nice to talk to them as well um yeah lots of follow-ups to do as a result of osfa um lots of lots of ideas and lots of people to talk to um so yeah it, it was all it was all, it was all a lot of fun um crazy busy fun but 
but fun nonetheless. So uh, yeah, it was good. I, yeah, I have to say that not probably no one in Finos really got to talk to anyone really. But what I found was also fun was, you know, you'd start a conversation with someone and they'd say, oh, I'm really interested in this. And like a light bulb will go up in my head and I'd say, oh, come here, I'll introduce you to this person. And we all of us kind of did that all day long. Oh, yeah. Person X, meet person Y, you have this interest in common, please talk to each other. And, and yep. we got really good feedback on that as well. So Rabbi, I'm certain you did a lot of that. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> Probably. Yeah, no, no and, and that is, you know, that's coming out of what this is our, technically our third OSFF or OSSF um, out of the pandemic. And, and um, when we, we kind of made a decision last year in 2021 to do this in person, um, and, and we were one of the first um, events for the Linux Foundation. Uh, when was that? That was October in London, and then uh, November in, in New York. Um, we were one of the first, you know, in-person events the, that anybody had done in a while, um, and 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 it's and it's because of this. It's, it's because of the interactions that that come out of the hallway track is because of the interactions that that lead up to it or or you know we had a finos booth there and um uh you know we we had people there but we were all, uh there was very little downtime which is a good thing um and and we were always you know engaging with people that were coming up and at first it might be like you know the draw of swag but it, it's you know, because we're the conference organizers as well, it, it became more of a matchmaking, um, as you said, Jane. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, then there's the <laughs> there's the other side of it, which is karaoke until 2 a.m. for some of the conference attendees um, and and some of uh, my marketing team and some of the community managers, which is great. Um, and, uh, you know, it, because those are the things that that make it interesting and the humans that are there right um and uh <laughs> i i i see uh a note from win that he had a good time um anyway so <laughs> we're gonna wrap this up um but um uh i appreciate both of your times uh, uh not only today but also uh you know at the conference as well and then everything leading up to it um uh, you know i've said it before that uh that you know a lot of a lot of the responsibility of, of OSFF and the logistics fall on on the marketing team. However, the work that you know the two of you and the other folks in in the organization do every single day uh, with the different projects and the different maintainers and the different uh, people that you talk to every single day is what really drives this community and then makes an event like that even more successful. So. Um, I appreciate that uh, because I really do believe that this was one of the most successful uh, events that we've had as an organization because uh, we continue to grow as a team, we continue to grow as a community. Um, so I'm going to um, drop the mic there. And <laughs> um, again, uh, appreciate your time today. And uh, uh, we will have a lot of follow-up to do. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, want to get involved uh, with the call for proposals right now for New York, it is still out. Uh, register. There's early bird going on. There's also for Finos members who don't have to pay um, as part of their membership. Uh, we are doing a swag giveaway 
um, or, or I can't call it sweepstakes, right? But uh, uh, we will have drawings for swag for people that register early uh, for the December event. And um, continue to look out for information from us. Um, sign up uh, at finos.org. Um, and we will let you know when everything is coming out, whether it's a podcast, an event, a blog post, or if we're coming to your town soon. All right, with that, I'm going to say good day, good night, or wherever you are.